This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 57 of the On The Banks Podcast. At this point, 57 episodes in, you know where to find all of our episodes. You can find them on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, you can find this episode, every episode, and really so much great content by going to onthebanks.com. We are about a month and a half into Greg Schiano's second tenure here at Rutgers, and the on-the-field coaching staff is about complete. You know, there is still, of course, one more spot to fill, but nine of the ten have been announced, and he has put together really quite the group of coaches. Joining me to talk about this Rutgers football coaching staff, Greg Schiano's first month and a half back, and more regarding Rutgers football is NJ.com's Keith Sargent. So before we hear from Sarge, Let's look at the different boxes, obviously, Greg Schiano needed to check off with this coaching staff. You know, he really didn't miss any of them. You need to check off South Jersey. Well, Fran Brown checks off that box. You need to target the top schools in North Jersey. You retain Nunzio Campanelli. You bring in Augie Hoffman. They take care of that. Greg Schiano needed some familiarity on the staff. Well, Jim Panagos, Rob Smith, and Bob Frazier are the coaches we have seen before who have come back with the return of Greg Schiano. Sean Gleason comes over to become the offensive coordinator, leaving Oklahoma State and, of course, being at Princeton before then with New Jersey ties. Andrew Arch, the same thing, leaving Princeton and coming over to Rutgers to head the offensive line. And Tyquan Underwood, a great Rutgers football alum, comes back and takes charge of the wide receivers. You know, Greg Schiano, in his first month and a half, I think we can all agree, has really impressed. And if he's, you know, at least met your expectations, for many, he's exceeded those expectations of what he could do in less than two months. Obviously, games still need to be played, but as I say to everyone I talk to about Rutgers football, you know, we all know this is a process, and don't let the excitement cloud that in your vision. This staff he has put together has been fantastic, but at the end of the day, this team still needs to be rebuilt, and we are seeing that start right now. But it takes time, and while, yes, maybe it'll be sooner than we think, who knows, this first year, at least, is a growing year. It's a year where these coaches... It's a year where they can really begin to make their mark. It's a year for these coaches to bring back the chop, of course. And most importantly, it's a year for Rutgers football to start regaining credibility and respectability. Greg Schiano did it once before, almost a decade ago. And I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be able to come back to Piscataway and he'll be able to do that same thing again. Time to talk to the reporters. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. Joining me on the podcast to talk Rutgers football is a multi-time returning guest. He covers Rutgers athletics for New Jersey Advanced Media. I am happy to be joined by Keith Sargent. Sarge, how are you? Thanks for coming on the podcast once again and coming on to talk some Rutgers football. Great. Thanks again for having me on, Lance. I really appreciate it. So let's look at this last month and a half, really, for Greg Schiano. You know, he came in, he had his press conference, and then he got right to work and has really made some splashes both in recruiting and in putting his coaching staff together. You know, I think he's really exceeded a lot of people's offseason expectations for having, you know, such a short time to really get all of this done. What were your expectations coming in for him? And, and so far in recruiting and, and putting together a general staff, has he been able to match or even exceed what you'd thought he'd been able to do? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm not totally surprised by it, only because having covered it, um, having uh, talked to him and talked to people behind the scenes, 
uh, really since uh, late October, early November. I did know that he was preparing for it. He wanted to hit the ground running. He had a plan. I think we, we, we documented it um, you know, throughout the uh, coaching search that he had a binder, 200-page binder. He uh, was meticulous with the plan. Now he's executing it. Um, I'm not totally surprised having covered him as well you know, all those years. I think you know, he's one of the most organized uh, coaches I've ever been around. Now, just looking at the staff as a whole, before we go into, you know, specific guys and specific position coaches, from A-plus to F, obviously, what would you grade the staff put together by Greg Schiano and why? So far, I would say A. Um, I think it's uh, probably exceeded my expectations. I'll give my uh, colleague, James Cratch, uh, a little bit of credit because he had put together a list of uh, a dream staff, and I think he's nailed seven of the uh, – nine uh, uh, coaches so far. So um, he called it a dream staff. I mean, you know, it kind of speaks for itself, the fact that he's been able to get as many guys that he wanted as possible. The one guy, the one exception is Anthony Campanelli. I think he uh, rebounded, got Rob Smith, who um, another guy who I was around, um, you know, back in the day, one of the most organized guys, very, 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 very uh, thorough and meticulous, uh, just a good coach. Uh, you know, I think from a uh, recruiting standpoint, Fran Brown checks all, all, all the boxes that you want to have. Uh, keeping Nunzio Campanelli was a, was a home run. So I think overall, I think I would give him a good solid day. So looking at the staff he put together, we can start with the offensive side of the ball. Bringing in Sean Gleason was a huge get from Oklahoma State, and of course Princeton before that. He's a young mind, someone the fans and the media really eyed from the beginning, and someone that of course has New Jersey ties, which is so important. What's your assessment of the Gleason hire, and do you think Rutgers finally got the guy who will be that you know multi-year offensive coordinator so we aren't back here looking for another one at this time next year? It's interesting. They've gotten some really qualified guys over the last years, dating back to, I guess, a rough region, uh, one of the most qualified guys uh, they've ever gotten. Uh, Jerry Kill, John McNulty, all these guys came in with really good resumes. Difference, I think, between them and Sean Gleason, I think Gleason, they might be getting him on, on the way up. And what I mean by that is he really, really, uh, you know, he's had a meteoric rise through the coaching uh, profession. Uh, did a great job at Princeton, really uh, uh, well-regarded for, for uh, his analytics, um, really took Princeton, and, um, you know, they went unbeaten. You know, Bob Serace obviously gets a ton of credit, the head coach at Princeton, but uh, by all accounts, uh, uh, Sean, uh, Sean Gleason was the uh, mastermind to the offense, and then he went to Oklahoma State. Uh, they, they were pretty good, and, you know, I, I think um, – Talking to the people behind the scenes, I think Greg Schiano really made it a priority. He really wanted to hand the the offense to to someone who, you know, matched what what he wants to do. If you remember back in the day, Greg Schiano was very much a pro style guy. I think he's adapted. Talking to him, you know, you know a little bit during the process, I knew that he wanted to go more of a uh, spread spread the field. Um, you know, get athletic quarterback and and. Uh, to try to be as creative as possible. I think uh, he got what he wanted in Sean Gleason. So joining Gleason on the offensive side, you know, guys who have been announced formally, Andrew Arich, Nunzio Campanelli, Augie Hoffman, and Taekwon Underwood. Of the guys on that side of the ball that were either brought in or retained from the previous staff, are there one or two that really impressed you, you know, ones that you thought were really home run hires by Greg Schiano on the offensive side of the ball? 
Yeah, I mean, or or it makes made a lot of sense because he he has worked with. I mean, he worked at Rutgers. You know, the guys, the GA at Rutgers, and, and then over in Tampa Bay as well. But more more importantly, he actually worked with Sean Gleason over Princeton. Um, I think you know that's the type of spot where Sean Gleason wanted an offensive line coach who who kind of matches philosophy. Um, that's a, that that was a really good hire from that standpoint. And then I'm going to uh, continue with Taekwon Underwood, who who I had covered back in the day. One of the best personalities of, of any players who have ever covered. Just a great quote. I still remember uh, covering the Super Bowl the year that the uh, Giants were playing the, the Patriots and Super Bowl media day. He was a rock star. I mean, he, he really, uh, you know, for someone who, who, as it turned out, got cut on the eve of, 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 of that Super Bowl, uh, all the media loved him. It kind of speaks to just, you know, how, how colorful of a personality that he had. I think that's the type of personality that Graciano wants on the recruiting trail. He's another guy who, as Graciano said, you know, he's been in the NFL. I think uh, he's going to probably relate to both the current players and the, and, and the uh, uh, recruits uh, that they're going to try to bring in. And, you know, you bring up Taekwon Underwood, and that brings me to my next question. Obviously, very qual- besides the fact that he played at Rutgers and played under Greg Schiano, very qualified coach uh, at Lafayette, was with the Miami Dolphins most recently before obviously coming back and becoming the wide receivers coach for Rutgers. But, you know, we had discussed uh, a few podcasts back, me and Aaron Brightman, how under Chris Ash, the alumni, they didn't have much of a presence, or at least a lot of prominent alumni didn't have much of a presence. And obviously that was going to change with Greg Schiano because he coached so many of those prominent alumni. But bringing one on staff, what does that do to really bring the alumni and connect the alumni so much closer to this program when they really haven't been so connected the last, you know, three, four years? Yeah, I, I, uh, I get the criticism. I think early on, Chris Ash, um, you know, I, I think he just was, you know, I don't want to say, I, you know, I guess he just didn't really care. He had a lot of other things that, uh, you know, uh, were priorities early on. But then toward the end, he did try to uh, wrap his hands around the alumni as best as possible. Um, I think, think it might be a little bit overrated, uh, a little bit unfair to, to criticize Chris Ash toward the end. He was trying to uh, relate with the alumni. That being said, you kind of knew that Graciano would. I mean, if you think about it, you know, he was there from 2001 to uh, the end of the 2011 season. I obviously, uh, you know, there's a lot of former letter winners who, who really respect him. Um, that was evident, you know, threat to search when, you know, guys like Ryan Hart, Jamal Westerman, uh, Mike Teal, Brian Leonard, Kevin Malice, on and on and on, all, you know, were vocal in their support forums that said that uh, they want him back. Um, I think, He's going to try to bring as many uh, people as possible, you know, including the guys who I who I just mentioned. You know, what do you think the plan is with Augie Hoffman? Because obviously he's going to be a great recruiter for North Jersey, but on the field he was hired to quote you know serve in an off uh, serve in a role on offense. Where do you think he fits on the offensive staff, and what position, if any, do you think will be kind of his focus? My guess, and uh, you know, just talking to people behind the scenes, my guess is he ends up. Um, either as the tight ends coach, um, I think that would make sense. He's going to be, a, a, you know, a coaching some some position on offense, whether it's tight ends, maybe running backs. Tight ends would make sense only because Matt Alimo, um, you know, the, the the presumed starter there, he coached him in high school. You know, maybe he can get the most out of Alimo. Running back, um, you know, I, I think that's another position where Augie Hoffman has a lot of experience. Uh, he was an offensive lineman uh, back in college, but I, I think that, you know, as we mentioned, I think that, that position is, uh, you know, going to be well handled with uh, Andrew Orich, 
So I, I my guess, if I had to guess, it would be tight end position. Uh, if not, maybe running back. So let's switch it over to the defensive side. And before we talk about how they ended up getting to Rob Smith, let's talk about Rob Smith specifically. It was announced that he's coming back, taking over as defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on the hire of Rob Smith, considering you once covered him? And, and, and what do you think about him, you know, having a few stops since he's been at Rutgers and now coming back home to work once again with Greg Schiano? Yeah, I think he's very bright. I mean, if, if you remember back, um, I think he was started off as a special teams coach. Um, that was one of those, um, you know, he, he was doing, you know, a lot of special teams, but was had a hand in the defense. And then um, Kyle Flood, when after Graciano left, made it a priority. He did everything he could to try to keep that defense intact. Uh, his mission was to keep Ron Smith. If you remember, Graciano was trying to, you know, uh, retain or bring as many of his former assistants as possible to Tampa Bay. That was a big win for Kyle Flood early on. Um, eventually, Ron Smith did uh, end up down in Tampa, but um, I think, you know, that kind of speaks to it. I think, you know, I think he matches uh, Greg, Greg Schiano's vision. I think uh, we all know, I think Greg Schiano is going to have a heavy hand in the defense, um, whether or not Rob Smith play calls it or, or not, we'll see. But uh, the, the uh, best thing, is the fact that they, 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 they're on, uh, in, in sync uh, from a fil- philosophical standpoint. Um, I think he's, you know, Graciano did say, um, you know, in a quote today, he was one of the best defensive coaches he's ever been around. So, you know, clearly I think there's a lot of respect there. And, you know, have they got to Rob Smith? Obviously a lot of fans were clamoring for Anthony Campanelli to leave Michigan, ultimately to come back home. And if, you know, Michigan wanted to keep him, you know, there were reports that Rutgers was trying to get him. Boston College was in the mix as well. What could you tell us about Anthony Campanelli, why Rutgers decided to go a different direction, why Anthony decided to go a different direction, and why it ultimately couldn't work out with Anthony Campanelli coming back to Rutgers? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Graciano was, you know, made a, I, I don't think he would deny the fact that like they, they uh, made a serious run at him. Uh, so did Chris Ash, you know, a year ago. Chris Ash made a, a legitimate run after, after Anthony Campanelli. Um, you know, clearly, you know, his heart was, was you know, at Michigan for the time being. I, you know, talking to people, you know, who, who know Anthony really well, they will say that he wants to be a head coach. And I think, um, I think ultimately, you know, he, he decided that his best path, his quickest path maybe to becoming a head coach was at Michigan. If I, I, I would expect that he'll get a raise, maybe a, a you know a new title. Um, if that's the case, I think you know he's just doing everything he can to uh, be a head coach, and uh, you know you can make a case that you know Michigan's a national program. That, that if if he does it, you know another year over Michigan, that maybe he gets some offers and you know becomes you know gets on the uh, head coaching carousel next year. You know, I personally thought bringing Fran Brown on the staff was the best hire by Greg Schiano. You know, Rutgers, as of late, under Chris Ash, they made some inroads with South Jersey talent, but not to the level, of course, necessary that we think. Fran Brown changes that and gives Rutgers that huge presence in that part of the state. How important did you think bringing Fran Brown on the staff was? And do you think the, the hire is even raised to the level of really the most important hire Greg Schiano made in his early time back here at Rutgers? Yeah, I think it, uh, you know, I, I don't want to rank the hires, you know, in terms of importance. All I'll say is, is this, that, you know, dating back to, you know, late in Graciano's tenure, he really, really made an emphasis on, on, on South Jersey and trying to bring in, you know, the best at South Jersey, you know, an area where Penn State has always dominated. Temple has t- taken over, has, has, has done a really good job over the last couple of years as well. But, 
uh, if you remember back in the day, whether it was, you know, the uh, Alex Silvestros or Cordell Young, those types of guys all made an impact, huge impact at Rutgers. I think South Jersey is, is loaded with, with, with talent. Uh, Camp, uh, Fran Brown is obviously a, guy, a name, uh, someone who, who knows a lot of coaches down there. I think, you know, that it, by all accounts, everyone thinks he's going to be a great recruiter. So I think um, it was a home run hire for sure. Here with Key Sargent of NJ.com. Sarge, you know, unlike the offense that has, you know, not new names, but people that haven't worked with Coach before, Greg Schiano went with familiar names on the defensive side of the ball. Rob Smith, we talked about as the new DC. Jim Panagos on the defensive line. Bob Frazier with the linebackers. Obviously, Schiano is a defensive guy as well, and, you know, all three know his defense and how he runs it very well. Were you surprised to see him go really with all familiarity on that side of the ball, or did you expect that with the return of Greg Schiano would ultimately come the return of some of his top assistants as we've seen so far? Yeah, I think uh, it's a mix, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys who he's worked with in the past, whether it's Bob Frazier or or um, or Rob Smith, like we mentioned. And then, you know, I, I think more than anything, I mean, Christian is obviously, you know, he, he prides himself on defense. And I, I, like I said before, the defense is going to be a Christian defense, no matter who, who was a coordinator, whether it was Anthony Campanelli or whoever they brought in. Greg Schiano was going to have a huge imprint on, on, on the defense. So it just made sense, made sense that whoever he brought in, he was going to try to bring in as many guys who he was familiar with as possible. Fran Brown was, I guess, the uh, exception from the standpoint that, you know, I think he wanted South Jersey. Like I said, I think he wanted a guy who, who you know, would be able to, to uh, get recruits. And, and, you know, I think by all accounts, I mean, Fran Brown can coach a little bit too. Right now, there, there are nine coaches set for the on-field positions. For that 10th spot, you know, it's still up in the air. We've heard a couple names. You know, one report or one rumor is that Colby Smith may be staying on um, because supposedly he was involved with the transition. Um, you know, obviously there are positions that haven't yet been set. There are coaches have been hired, but positions that haven't yet been set. Uh, what do you know about that final on-the-field coaching spot, whether or not it's going to be filled by Smith? And if not, you know, what direction do you think Shiano will go with that final slot? Yeah, I think it's still fluid. Um, Colby Smith, like you said, it, you know, has, uh, by all accounts, has done a pretty good job on the recruiting trail. If he doesn't stay at Rutgers, I think that he's going to have a, uh, another Power Five job. I would expect. I mean, you know, by all accounts, you know, he did a solid job uh, with the running backs this past season. Um, so, you know, no inside information here, Lance. But I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you this. I, mean, I, I would, I would say that uh, they don't have a special teams coach yet. Um, now that could. Be kind of like what Chris Ash did. It was almost a composite. Every, you know, as you would say, even though Vince Crew was the special teams coach in name, that you know, a bunch of coaches had a hand in the special teams. Um, you know, it could be Rob Smith. Like I said, Rob Smith is the defensive coordinator. It might be a little bit too much to, to be both the special teams coach and the defensive coordinator. But like I said, I think you know, uh, Rob Smith will have a hand in the special teams. That's probably the one title that hasn't been hired, but. Uh, like I said, if, if you look at all these uh, different uh, hires, whenever they've announced, them, they made a point not to really uh, identify what position each of these coaches are going to be handling. I mean, Nazio Campanelli might, you know, ultimately handle the special teams. At this point, it's still a little bit uh, fluid. So, Keith, a couple more before I let you go. Just some general questions. Moving away from Rutgers football, this just surrounding Rutgers athletics and. 
one of which involves obviously men's basketball. This team, you know, has a lot of hype surrounding it right now. There's a lot of talk regarding NCAA tournament, whether this team can do it, can end that almost three-decade tournament drought. You know, while they haven't broken into the top 25, they've received votes in the polls, and a lot of bracketologists have them in the field of 68. There's a lot of season left, so it's hard to ask you if you think they'll make it in, but do you think this team and this season really has the potential to be one of those special years? I do. Um, I think it's going to boil down to the home games, to be honest with you. I mean, they're obviously unbeaten at this point at home. I think they have eight or nine uh, Big Ten home games left. Um, if they, The Big Ten right now, it's not just Rutgers, but you know, every team in the Big Ten has been dominant at home. The, uh, you know, I think there's like an 800 winning percentage for teams winning at home right now. I mean, it was evident Purdue uh, you know, crushed Michigan State you know, at home the other day. Um, it's home cooking. I think uh, Rutgers is going to have to take advantage of it. You know, the Indiana game, you know, intrigues me only because I, it's going to be another sellout. Um, we we saw at Illinois great effort uh, came up a little bit short in the end. I, that Illinois crowd was, was was pretty good too. So I think it's going to boil down to winning the home games. You know, if they could win uh, two, maybe three games on the road, then you're definitely talking about an NCAA tournament team, I would think. But you know, <laughs> I don't want to sound like uh, uh, Steve Peichel here because, like, he you know he cringes every time it gets brought up. But there's still there is still a lot of basketball left. Right now, they put themselves in a position. You know, all their metrics. If you look at you know at, you know whether it's you know, Ken Palm, you know the NCA net ranking, all of them you know have them in, in the uh, the uh, low 30s. So uh, they have every opportunity at this point. You know, I think uh, you know the next uh, three or four games, you know, being at home, I think uh, are going to be pivotal right now. Sarge, last one. You know, men's basketball we just talked about has a lot of excitement surrounding it. Women's basketball, they seem destined to go to the NCAA tournament once again. Wrestling has had a great season for, uh, so far. Greg Schiano is back leading the football program, and there's a lot of excitement that comes with that as well. Looking back to all of your years on the beat, do you think this is the most exciting time for Rutgers Athletics that you've seen really since you started covering the Scarlet Knights? I was actually thinking about it, and it's a great question. Um, I would go back maybe to 2006, where obviously they were 11 and two. They were nine and zero the football team. Um, you know they ranked as high as uh, sixth in the country. Uh, the basketball team was pretty competitive. That you know at that point I think they went to the NIT that year. They were two years removed from the you know the NIT championship. Um, I would say maybe that would be the the, the one uh, comparable. Um, again, Graciano has a coach a, a game since he's been back, but we've already seen, I think we've seen enough glimpses. He's put together a really good coaching staff. He's running some really good recruits. He's involved with a lot of different uh, transfer portal guys. He's intent on flipping over the roster as quickly as possible, being as competitive as possible. He's gained a lot of momentum. And the basketball, like we said, I, I think basketball has every opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, wrestling, you know, I don't, uh, anticipate uh, a national champion this year, but I, I would not be surprised if maybe one or two guys, uh, you know, get all American status. I, they, you know, there a couple of guys have opportunities to do so. Women's basketball it appears that they're going to be back to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, really, you know, it, it is an exciting time, and I'm as intrigued as anything, anyone having. Um, you know, basketball was the, the sport that I cut my teeth on, you know, way back in the day. You know, I, I used to travel, cover, you know, even dating back to the Kevin Bannon years, you know, throughout the entire uh, Gary Waters tenure. 
Um, it's probably the sport that uh, you know I've covered the most. You know, and if they were able to get to the NCAA tournament, I think I'd be as excited as anyone. And I was just going to ask, you must be excited. You've covered basketball for so long. You saw, you know, unfortunately, obviously, a lot, a lot of losing for the men's basketball program as well. Now that they're winning, I'm sure, you know, you're excited. And you said you'll be at the game Wednesday night. I'm sure it'll be, you know, fun for you to see the rack sold out once again and, you know, as loud really as ever. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not ever going to say that, I, you know, I root for the team. I root for a story. I will say that. <laughs> it would be a great story for, for Rutgers to go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, some of my favorite events I bet I should cover too on, on a personal note are the NCAA tournament, whether it was uh, you know the East Regional at the Garden or at the, the Prudential Center, even at the Metal at, at Continental Arena one year. Um, yeah, I, I used to way back in the day, you know, travel for for the East Regional. I you know covered games at Syracuse and in Worcester. So there's nothing like the NCAA tournament. It's probably my favorite time of year. You know, Rutgers obviously has never been a part of it. You know. During you know any time uh, since I've been reporting, I you know I started in the business in 1997, so 1991 was the last time they've been there. You know if they were able to get there, I think it would be a great story. Keith Sargent of NJ Advanced Media and NJ.com. Sarge, thanks so much as always for coming on, talking some Rutgers football, some Rutgers basketball too, and just giving your thoughts on Rutgers athletics as a whole. I want to thank Keith Sargent for joining me on the podcast and taking some time to talk Rutgers football and a little bit of some general Rutgers basketball and Rutgers athletics at the end. It was said that Greg Schiano was going to come in with a plan and he really has executed on that plan early. With the hires he's made, the recruiting he's done, just the overall excitement that he has brought to this program, it is clearly obvious why he was just the right hire to go with from the beginning. You know, I said this after early signing day, and I'll say it again now. It's great what Greg Schiano has done so far, and the best thing about it is that we are only a month into really his tenure, a month and a half into his tenure. We're still only in January. He still has a few weeks left of recruiting until the more traditional signing day. There is still one assistant coach spot left on his on-the-field staff, and there are so many years to come as he tries to rebuild this program. I ended the interview with Sarge asking if this was the most exciting time at Rutgers that he's ever been around to see since, you know, he started on the beat back in the late 90s. Women's basketball is obviously poised for another NCAA tournament. Wrestling is off to a great start to their season. Men's basketball has so much excitement surrounding it. And now football, the sport that had little hope to it, has so much hope now. There are exciting times now at Rutgers, and I know I am, and I'm sure all of you listening, we are ready for the ride. I know myself, as well as many others, we can't wait. We just can't wait for all the success that is going to happen in years to come here on The Banks. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.